You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we move right ahead with our coverage of Nip Tuck. We are so, so, so close to getting to the very pointy end of this season and also this series in general because today marks the halfway point of the final and sixth season of this show. We are looking at the episode Wesley Clovis. This first aired on the 16th of December, 2009. It was written by Jennifer Salt, and it was directed by Tate Donovan, who I don't even know if you know who that is, but can I just say as an OC fan, it's Jimmy from the OC! Um, but he's also a pretty renowned director of lots of shows. He's been in Friends, he's been in 24, he's... Just Google Tate Donovan right now, you will know who he is. Uh, but we are excited, I'm not excited to realise this three episode was directed by Tate Donovan. Uh, excited to talk about this one, because it's an interesting one, and, uh, perhaps... Uh, some more positives to save this week than a few weeks ago. Not sure we'll work this out. My name is Ben, and is your man thong on too tight? And uh, I'm Nick, and when we get between the sheets, it's magic. Thank you. You're not the first man to tell me that. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't mind this episode. I mean, I don't think this is as bad as we've definitely gotten in Season 6, and I think that... Uh, you know, there's some interesting things here. Of course, there's plenty of holes, there's plenty of bad things, but uh, I, I feel that we can come out of this one possibly with some more positives than the negatives. I don't know how you feel about this episode. Well, I think we're kind of getting back to um, potentially a little bit more of the kind of high concept stuff that we got from, you know, some of the earlier seasons, like this idea of it's not just the, this kind of, um, you know, shallow patient who, you know, wants something done to them. They're, they're actually got this really interesting case and it's kind of tied into Matt. And, yeah, it does feel like they're kind of getting the building blocks of the episode correct. Um, I definitely still have some problems that I'm um, interested in talking through with you. But, yeah, I, I think we're on a better track with this episode than, than we were with some of the others. Well, it's interesting, actually. I'm just trying to find out here with our titular character here, uh, Mr. Eric Stone Street, of course, is... Uh, very well known now as um, somebody in Modern Family. I don't watch Modern Family, but he's in Modern Family. Um, and I'm just trying to work out, did this come before or... I think it just... I'm looking here just before Modern Family here. So this episode, as I just said, aired the 16th of December 2009. The pilot of Modern Family aired the 18th of May 2010. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting to go back and watch this um, to, to see him in this role. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're overly familiar with him in anything. I don't, I don't watch Modern Family, so it doesn't mean anything to me, but I think most people are obviously quite familiar with him from that movie. Uh, from that show, I should say, not movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what you mean. He's um, he's one of those people that jumps out, and um, I don't know. Potentially, I know we've had a couple of Oscar winners on the show and and things like that. But in terms of somebody who's currently in the the, the zeitgeist, I suppose you would say he might be one of the more famous people we've actually had on the show, which is kind of a strange thing to say because it's been kind of, as I say, a star-studded uh, cast in some of these, but. I think he's one that a lot of people would kind of be able to pick out of a line. And as much as I love the likes of kind of Famica Jansen and, um, you know, a few others, I think he is somebody that most people would recognise. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And he came out here and did some ads for Big W or something like that at some point at the height of his fame. Don't ask me why, but that's just what they did. So anyway, uh, Big W fans, that's where you recognise him from. But are we meet... Special Agent Thomas straight away, and we basically find out that uh, she's there. She wants some fat sucked out 
of uh, our titular character, Wesley Clovis, who is a convicted murderer and rapist. Um, and he's on death row and essentially they can't kill him properly with the lethal injection. So they need him to have some liposuction. And if they do it, they will, uh, exchange for a shortened term on Matt's term in jail to which Christian basically says, nope, you will do it. Uh, and you will, um, make sure that Matt is released. Um, so it's kind of, it's an interesting setup. Again, this is, this is something that I feel we could have had earlier. Like, I mean, this is just something that it's, it's a very unique, I guess, storyline that we're having with this character and kind of them getting into this surgery. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good setup because I think, you know, I, I, I enjoy the titular character. I enjoy kind of the story that they're doing with this in this episode. Part of the reason why I think I, I don't mind this episode in general. Well, I think it's it's layered as well. Um, I'm not sure how much I kind of really buy that that she would kind of turn up and, and start kind of doing a deal with them with Matt. That feels a bit of a stretch to me. Um, but I, I do feel it's a lot more believable than giving Matt um, fake breasts, which is where we were last time. Um, yeah, so I feel that there's some – and the, the Matt stuff is probably where I'm going to have my biggest problems with this episode, uh, spoiler alert. But, yeah, I, I do really like this and this idea of the um, – I guess the moral quantity which is something that we haven't had a lot of on the show for a little while and um, I'm trying to think of examples of other ones that we that we may have had along the way of basically you know where what they're doing is is tugging on their morality a little bit that they they want to do the right thing or the good thing but you know what what are the consequences and it feels like we don't have enough of this stuff probably if you had too much it would get a bit a bit serious but I do like that they uh, they're going for that angle here and I think, as I say, I think there's some layers to this guy, Wesley. It's, you know, there is more than what you see when we start here. And so, yeah, it's fun to kind of unpack the episode as we go along. It's, I mean, it's kind of similar to when we had sort of these episodes around, um, you know, like Agatha Rip, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's more theme based and belief based, isn't it? Rather than, um, you know, uh, I guess morals, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's kind of, it's an interesting take to do this. And I mean, again, particularly at this point, because, you, you know, we've, we've really ripped into this show this season for just not having ideas. And it's just kind of, when it comes down to it, I think this week, and I'm just going to say this now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of next week's episode. I think kind of there are some unique things that they finally look at doing, but I just kind of wish they had done them earlier because I felt that, they would be much higher regarded than they ultimately will be, given that we are in the middle of season six. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it just feels like we are actually making a bit of an effort here. I would still argue that there's really no storyline for these guys. It's just we're kind of going through the motions. But if, if that's all we're going to do, then at least make each episode kind of interesting and, and we want to come back and talk about it. So, yes, I do like what we get here. It's And, and next week, too, yeah, I, I, I do agree. There's some interesting stuff to unpack in that one. So feels like we're on a better t- trajectory. I still think we're a long way from where I would like us to be at this point. But, you know, it's, beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. Well, we find out with beggars can't be choosers that we've got Kimber and Christian and Chris- Kimber's cooking a nice dinner. And we find out, long story short, she's pregnant. Um, and apparently also Wilbur's been pissing the bed. Can we just point that out? And he's been playing Candyland or Candy Crush or whatever the hell the damn thing was in 2009 that everyone played. Um, and essentially Christian doesn't want any kids. Uh, we get a mention that he's got three kids. Remember uh, what's the name from last season? Um, so at least he remembers that he's got her. Um, and he essentially says, no, uh, I'm not having more kids. Um, it's a, it's either you choose me or a check for it schooling. 
and kind of Kimba's reaction when she's just sort of like, well, why can't you just say you'll sleep on it? Um, I mean, great acting here by Kelly Carlson, just the kind of the way she does it. I mean, it does kind of come out of nowhere um, that there is this pregnancy scare. So, again, it kind of does feel a bit cheap that, uh, you know, we went over last week about how, you know, let's throw in a long-lost brother. So, oh, he's a pregnancy scare. Um, but I think it's kind of done in a different way. It's kind of not like season one pregnancy scare with Julia and Sean. Like, I mean, we've got to be honest. Christian's kind of avoided a lot of pregnancy scares over his lifetime on this show. Um, so, I mean, it's you felt like there would be more of these. But, you know, this is really kind of the the first one, isn't it, besides Gina? And ultimately, we know what happened there. And then the only other one with Emmy is the fact that, you know, she just shows up out of the blue. So, I mean, this really is sort of the first time since, what, season one that Christian's had to face this. And I kind of think his reaction is right, even though he's a real asshole about it. Yeah, it's probably um, very, very Christian, I would say, um, of him. And um, I think as well, something I wanted to point out, and I don't know if it's deliberate, I'm suspecting probably not, but um, I think kind of Kelly Carlson looks really good in the scene. And, you know, and I've talked about that she doesn't look, I wouldn't say disheveled, but I think kind of like her hair has looked a bit messy in, um, in these last few episodes. And, and now all of a sudden she looks a million bucks again. And I kind of wonder if that's, you know, she's back with, with Christian, you know, she's kind of settled and happy. And so we're going to show her in that in that way. I don't, I don't know. To me, I think it's probably just an accident, if we're being totally honest. Um, but, yeah, I do kind of like that she she kind of feels more kind of together and, you know, kind of the, the Kimber I remember from the earlier episodes. But, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying here. I think it's um, the kind of sentiments behind the, the scene kind of work for me. Um, everybody's kind of playing their role in the way I guess I would probably expect. So, yeah. Well, we then get a pair of 16-year-olds getting surgery who – one sleeping with their teacher and the other popped their cherry when they were 12. So it's kind of random, but <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and then we just get a bit of a, a discussion here between Sean and Christian. Uh, you know, Sean doesn't want to do the surgery. It's against his beliefs. Uh, and he also doesn't want to go against his reputation. And uh, Christian kind of talking about how, you know, you're worried more about your reputation than your own son. Um, and essentially Christian says to Sean, you've got to go tell Matt about this. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And then we see Sean in prison. Um, and Matt, you know, I, I do kind of like that throwaway line when the last time we saw Matt, you know, it was kind of behind glass plating, whereas now it's kind of out in the open and sort of Matt says, look, yeah, they're treating me better now that you're going to, you know, do the surgery on, on Wesley. And to which Sean says, I'm not doing it anymore. It's going to compromise my ethics about doing no harm. And then Matt sort of says, uh, that, that child rapist means more than your own son. And then Sean mentions, well, you know, I'm going to help out somebody who deserves to be in jail. And we get this really intense scene with Matt kind of just going for Sean and screaming at him that you're dead to me, you're dead to me. Great acting by John Hensley. And I have marked this down again as a potential top five. Again, we are season six in which these are few and far between. So I'm just noting these down. As much as I said the last time we had one of these, it's not necessarily going to stick. But I think whether or not this is a... We've got some questions about this storyline, which I'll mention in a second. I still think it's brilliantly acted and the way it's very intense. But I think the interesting thing is, and I'd be intrigued to see if this is kind of your problems with the Matt stuff, is that when Matt got arrested and sent to jail, it was Christian who was the one who's basically like, go to jail, we're sick of this, we need you to go there. And Sean was kind of the one protecting him and helping him get on the run. And now it's just been completely reversed. Now Christian's all like, hey, we've got to get him out. And Sean's just kind of like, no, you deserve to be here. So it's just kind of, what? Why, why does this turn around so quickly? But, I mean, 
there's issues with it, but I just, again, the acting to me just stands above everything with this scene because it's great. Yeah, and I would agree with everything you're saying there. I think um, one of the things that I kind of annoys me, and you know, I, I give a lot of credit to John Hensley because I think he's a great actor and, and he pulls off some of these ridiculous storylines that Matt's been given over six seasons really, really well. I guess my problem is that um, it just feels so inconsistent. You know, like basically when Matt was arrested, it was kind of like he was he'd, he'd come to the realization that you know, even though he was being forced into it, that this was kind of the end of the road for him and he was being accepting of it and all of a sudden he's kind of like angry at Sean and yeah, I agree, it was like Christian who thought he needed to go to prison and he, and, and now it feels like these, these, you know, Sean and Christian are basically trying to weasel him out of prison and I know he kind of went through some rough stuff with that, the, the, the guy that he was in the cell with but ultimately the whole thing is that this guy, you know, Matt, Matt's life has gone off the rails and he needs to be in prison basically. He needs to pay for what he's done and now they're trying to get this, get him off like, I don't know. It just it just feels like a cheapening of the whole storyline. It's like, why even do this if we're just going to kind of, you know, have him out of prison? Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, what was the point in kind of going through this whole big storyline if he needs to go to prison if they're just going to, you know, bust him out basically by doing the surgery? So I don't know. It just feels like it it wasn't worth that kind of storyline if we're just going to kind of bust him out for for no good reason. So it, yeah, it just feels like a bit of a waste to me, I suppose. But you're not wrong that the acting is. Is really good. And can we point out too that Matt murdered someone the last time we saw this? I mean, I know it was self defense, <laughs> but like, this is never kind of mentioned again, is it? No, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like just these things. It feels like we just, you know, Matt, all the kids on the show, you know, are convenient when they're convenient, you know, like they're there when it works. Uh, but otherwise they might as well not exist and that's fine if it's somebody like Annie I mean you know we joke about it but ultimately you know she can come and go out of the storyline and it doesn't make a big difference and it is a bit silly how Christian can just kind of live this lifestyle even though he's got a kid at home that you know he's still the kind of playboy when he wants to be and all that kind of stuff and it's a bit silly but you know Matt is kind of a to me is quite a, a key character on the show and i don't think you can just drop him out of the storyline and you know if he kills his cellmate i want to see some kind of follow-up on that i don't want to just not even ever talk about it again it's just it, it's just annoying because i actually like the matt stuff on you know I, I i like john hensley as an actor and i it just feels like he's not really been given the the due that he's deserves here um they put him through all these stupid storylines and then they kind of don't follow up on them so it's while you're right the acting is good and i enjoyed it it's just frustrating as well you know i just i wish that they would commit to it and like i think we've said over the last few episodes it's not like there's anything else going on that we need to get to well it's also the case that his mother ultimately randomly murdered someone remember uh, so it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah runs in the family uh we meet uh we meet wesley uh now we've got christian uh sort of checking him up and uh getting ready for the surgery and uh i mean props eric stone i mean he is such a great actor in this episode again i i i despise modern family can i just say that i just think it is not funny so like i have no idea what he's like in modern family um but i mean he's so good in this role and just kind of this really like diminutive guy who just is very simple and you know kind of as we learn a little bit more of the truth about this guy you know is he actually capable of this horrific crime that he's you know about to be killed to do 
Um, and just kind of even just here when he's like talking about like, you know, will it hurt? You know, I don't like pain. And he's obviously saying like, you know, I didn't kill her. You know, I looked in to see that she was okay. You know, I shouldn't have peeked in a window, but you know, I, I didn't do it. And of course, you know, Christian ultimately, as I guess most people would in that situation are just saying like, look, every single person in the world who's committed a crime is going to say they didn't do it. Um, and then, yeah, just... It's very, very well done. Although I will say we, we gave props, um, for the Kimber fat suit the other week. The, the fat suit here, I will say this episode is not on the same level as the Kimber. Cause I mean, Eric Stone Street without being, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm allowed to say it. He's not exactly a small guy. He's, you know, quite a big guy, but he's not this big. And I think that that definitely lacks. Um, in this episode. But I mean, even just the stuff here where, you know, he's been saying, I've been innocent for 15 years. I'm done fighting. Um, and then, you know, he says, I do think dying hurts. And Christian's just kind of like, yep, forever. Um, and then we kind of get this powerful scene when Christian walks out and Sean catches him, uh, you know, doing the follow, uh, the checkup here on Wesley. And essentially, uh, Christian says, look, I'm doing it for my son. And Sean threatens to sue him. So, uh, yeah, a pretty intense scene as, uh, all this is playing out in front of us. Yeah, I mean, I like all the stuff with um, with Weasley. I think you're right. I think he does a, a really good job. Um, and yeah, he is he is one of the more impactful kind of guests. I guess if we're looking at the end of the season, he might be one of those ones that we look at as the kind of the one episode characters that we really like. Um, I, I, I think that the kind of stuff between Christian and Sean is it's shortchanged. I, I, I guess you get the information you need, but I don't really get much more interesting stuff out of that out of the scene between them. It feels too short for that, really. But um, yeah, I mean, there is some good stuff there, um, and yeah, it just feels like we're we're miles away from where we have been in terms of some some good uh, kind of characters coming into this episode. So I'll give it that. We've got Kimber now not drinking because she's pregnant, and her and Christian having a a toast basically, and uh, Christian proposes to Kimber. Kimber's getting proposed to a lot this season. Um, but I do kind of like this bit where, you know, Christian sort of says, like, it's vintage, like us. Um, and then, yeah, we essentially, uh, you know, the ultimatum here is that you're not allowed to have any babies. Um, you know, it's just going to be us. So, um, I do like that line when he's, you know, saying, like, I've never had a connection, like, with you. You know, I want to be there when you wake up. I want to be there when you go to sleep. It's sweet stuff. And I think kind of the thing that I like in terms of this, and I don't know if it sounds hypocritical about how much I complain about Sean and Julia is that, they don't go out of their way to be over the top. Like we've, we had that in season three with him finally proposing to her and kind of, this is everything that Kimber wanted and we don't need it to be that over the top. Like it's kind of, I like the fact that it sort of just comes out of nowhere in some aspects and here it is. So I think you mentioned, I think last week or the week before with this couple that, you know, really the last time these two were good, they were about to get married and it was Kimber who ultimately, you know, I mean, okay, she got kidnapped by the carver. She didn't walk out on Christian, but you know, it's, it's kind of always going to be Christian is the one who you feel would pick this up. It's been Kimber the one who's kind of been on this journey over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a simple, basic, quick scene, but I, I kind of do like this stuff. Yeah, I mean, yes, I do, and, and uh, I'm with you on that. I just, I feel like uh, Christian's just so detached now, and I guess this is my problem in the, this episode, you know, the next episode and the one after that is our, I kind of just like, it's so hard to like Christian anymore. Like, he just goes, feels like we go too far down the road of this guy just being becoming a complete asshole. And, you know, he's always been that kind of lovable asshole, but I feel like you lose the lovable tag with Christian over the next few episodes. And um, this is kind of what just one of those things. I mean, there's a real ultimatum he's putting on Kimber, you know, knowing that 
she's always going to choose him over you know her her own happiness or her wanting to have a baby she's you know she's always going to do what he wants her to do so it's a horrible kind of ultimatum to kind of put on her um and yeah and i i just think yeah i mean where we go with him and the interior designer in the next episode just yeah i just i'm finding it hard to like this guy anymore and, and that's kind of getting in the way of me kind of enjoying the show i guess I mean, I, I, I see your point, but I just, I don't know. I just feel this is Christian. I think that uh, they, they, I'm just forgetting. Like, I mean, he still will have his moral quandaries and kind of have his moments every now and then. But I, I think that they've ultimately just gotten to the point with Christian now where it is, he's going to be this asshole who I guess in his own mind is doing things for the right reason where he's hurting people around him, which he may be, We'll see sometimes, but then doesn't. I know, like, I see your point, but I, I, I'm definitely not on that page where I'm struggling not to like him because I think there's a lot of stuff kind of with him that really just is classic Christian in many ways. Yeah, I mean, yes, to a degree, um, but I just, I, I just think we go too far down that road. I mean, I think we just completely glossed over the fact that he, he basically forged Sean's signature in the last, you know, <laughs> like, just, it's just, if it was kind of one thing, I think I would be okay with it, but it just feels like a collection of things that are just, and I guess the thing is that we never really see, um, too much kind of, um, consequences for Christians. So you kind of forget them. But, you know, I think we just have to kind of keep coming back to the fact that he keeps doing these things and, and it just makes him an unlikable guy in my eyes. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll keep pointing them out and hopefully I can, I can bring you around to my side eventually. Well, I think one thing to note really is maybe why they're going out in a way of doing this is because as much as we're saying there's nothing really being set up here for long term with these this show really because you know we're now past the halfway point of this season they've got to resolve everything maybe the one thing that we should note that it seems like they are trying to do is get our two back to what they were at the beginning you know we've, we've kind of had these two sort of reverse roles across these you know five and a half seasons to this point so to me it is a case of what they try and do particularly when they they draw such a divide between these two over the coming weeks is that we go back to Sean kind of being the the good, humble guy who wants to do good for the world, and Christian ultimately is just, you know, a selfish guy who wants to sleep around and do things for the money. So I think kind of that's what it's ultimately setting us up to when we get to that pointy end in the final episode. And I think that when we get to the final episode and we kind of reach this conclusion with these two characters and how it ends, I think maybe that that's ultimately maybe their one plan that they've tried to do all along so that's why we're starting to get christian kind of go back into super asshole mode uh to kind of get him back to where they were at the beginning if that makes sense which is kind of really annoying because i think you know like this show is good enough to give these guys character arcs that these they should be a different person at the end of season six than they were at the start of season one and i think we're sure you get that you know that he's always wanted to be this guy who's using his skills to make people's lives better who, you know, other than people who've got lots of money, you know, he wants to use it for an, a kind of noble end. And I think we're kind of building towards that, you know, in the next few episodes, we're going to kind of get towards that. And that's going to be his calling. Um, whereas Christian is basically the same person. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing. You know, like it might be okay that Christian has absolutely no growth. Um, 
but you know, I, I, I just think that you kind of need something for both of them. So I guess I'm looking for that from Christian, whether that's remorse or whether that's just acceptance that this is who he is. And uh, I don't know. I, I will reserve judgment to see what they do with Christian as we go forwards. Cause I, I don't totally remember. Um, but if I feel like he might as well just be the same person as he was in season one, episode one, I'm, I'm not going to be too happy. I think I, again, we'll get to that in the final episode. And I, I definitely see your point. And I'm definitely enjoy sort of growth of characters over seasons, but of shows as well. But th- there are definitely some characters on some TV shows that they're always going to be the way they are. And I think kind of, you know, they have growth, but it's done in a way that, like, I mean, it's it's hard to use this example when you've never watched Third Watch and I'm kind of going to spoil this for people who have, you know, going along and haven't watched it all. But it's, it's kind of like what they do with my favourite character on that show, Bosco. It's like they take him through a lot of things throughout the course of six seasons and basically in the final episode when they do the flash forward, he's pretty much the same guy as he was in episode one, but it actually works. It makes sense. You believe he would be that same guy as he was in the first one, even though he's kind of gone through different things across the way. So I think that you're maybe not going to like how they do Christian in the final episode, where to me, particularly the final scene of this show, I really enjoy because... Well, I won't say why in case you don't remember it for our listeners who haven't seen it, but I, I, I have a feeling you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we can talk about that when we get there, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Anyway, we're still still on this episode. I should mention that I've mentioned a few times how initially they wanted this to be a two... Like, half of this was season six and the next half was season seven. So the way FX actually aired this episode, and it does make sense when we get to the final scene, is that this was the sixth season finale. So FX actually advertised this as the season finale, and then next week they advertise as the season premiere, even though they ultimately combine this into one season. So it's interesting that they did that, but, I mean, this is kind of was meant to be the season finale of season six, and then next week is meant to be the season seven premiere. So... Uh, I think when you look at it that way too, it kind of does make a bit of sense, particularly of what we get next week and kind of how this ends. Um, but yeah, I didn't know if you knew that or anything along those lines. No, I didn't realise that. Um, and it doesn't really change how I feel about the show. There's there's not really a cliffhanger on this, is there? I mean, it's kind of um, like a season one ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not something I would have picked up on if, if you hadn't told me. I think I think when we get to that scene, it kind of, to me, it just concludes this Matt prison story arc, and then it just starts afresh with them. So that's kind of what it does. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that dinner table scene, obviously soon. Um, so Sean is uh, now meets the father of the girl that Wesley Clovis uh, supposedly murdered. And, uh, we kind of get a flashback of seeing how this murder took place. And we find out that, um, her mother has died and that he's about to die. And he doesn't want to die before, um, Wesley basically dies. So, you know, it's just kind of a nice little scene kind of doing that, trying to get, uh, Sean to change his, uh, his beliefs, I guess. And then I'll just lump in here too. Kimber invites Mike over. Hi, Mike. We remember said he wasn't <laughs> finally gone, but, uh, essentially Kimber seduces Mike here. And her plan is to uh, obviously have sex with him and then claim that he is the father. And I actually kind of think this scene works in some aspects because there is a slight question in your mind, I think, when you find out that Kimber's pregnant, where you've got to think, well, hang on a minute, you know, maybe Mike's the father. Because it kind of goes back to when Julia's pregnant in season three, you've got to assume that Quinton's the father. So I kind of like the fact that they do this in some aspect where it's, you know, oh, you're about six weeks pregnant. Oh, well, that means that I can't be the father. Uh, I do like how Mike sort of finds out here and it's like, your nipples are larger, your breasts are swollen. How much, how far along are you? 
Um, and then it essentially ends with Mike proposing again. So Kimber is getting proposed to a lot in season six. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a trope in this thing, isn't it? Because it's not the the last kind of wedding that, or you know, marriage or what or whatever that we're going to have in this this season, which is crazy to think. Cause it feels like we've had about ten already. Um, so yeah, I mean, just kind of taking those two scenes. Uh, one thing I actually really like about the whole scene with the father is that I think this is one of those ones that could have been really easy to do the kind of um, typical cliched, you know, parent crying and. And the, the, he kind of plays it almost emotionless, and I, I, li- I like that as something that mixes it up a little bit. It's not kind of what you expect. Um, that he's kind of just resigned to his fate, and he just kind of wants to make sure that this man gets what's due to him on the way out the door. So, um, yeah, I think that that's that's an interesting choice to make. And I also think with that Kimber Mike scene, I think more than anything, it's an it's an important scene for us to see, so that it's really clarified to the audience that um, Christian's a father. You know, like it's just in case there was any kind of potential way of thinking otherwise, that you're left in no doubt that Christian is definitely the father. So to me, I think that's the only reason that scene's there is to really just make that very very crystal clear to everybody. Yeah, completely, completely agree. Uh, then we get the surgery scene for Wesley. Uh, there's plenty of guys with guns. I do like the fact they have to explain that these guys with AK-47, their guns essentially have been, um, you know, uh, sanitized and everything. The one time they have to explain, um, something like that. Um, and then we also, yeah, it's just when they lift his shirt up, like it just, that looks really badly fake. I don't know how they got it so wrong after getting Kimber fat so right the other week. Um, yeah. We also get some sort of cuts in between here where we see Matt in prison, a guy underneath him just enjoying himself a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> and Matt getting transferred into another uh, cell and we get that warden lady saying, I know I'll see you again. Um, and then we also see uh, basically they're not allowed to sew up Wesley. They have to staple him. They kind of this is where we. This is another thing which I kind of enjoy about this episode. It's just kind of the treatment of him, and you just you wonder if this is how they would do this because I'm sure this is again is based off something true. You know, there's probably been someone on death row. They've had to give a bit of lipo so the drugs will work. And it, it, I guess you can understand it's like, well, why do we need to give him proper sutures when he's just going to be dead in a week or something like that? But then kind of Wesley has that point where he's like, well, can't you just let me die on the table? Uh, you know, so there's a few mm. things here and there which kind of you know it's it all goes into the the moral morals of this situation i guess people whether you believe in the death penalty or not things like that um so yeah it's uh i mean i i do kind of like the way they edit this and sort of have these different cross scenes and everything you know particularly with matt and kind of his transfer yeah so i think um probably i agree with you about the 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 kind of effects in terms of you know when you see him on the table are not good and i think that's because they're basically like it feels like they've just got this big kind of fat suit laid on the table and almost like cut a hole for his head to pop up through the table like it just feels like his head is disjointed from the rest of his body which is a bit of a shame because i think the actual surgery scenes and the bits where you see like massive bits of skin being cut away and thrown away they're actually quite effective so it's a shame that they don't really sell it at the start you know it just feels like it was almost like a money saving thing of like oh we're not actually going to put him in the suit because that will cost us an extra couple of thousand so let's not do that so it's a bit of a shame really um yeah i mean the stuff with matt it's it is what it is i think it's more kind of functional scenes than anything else but um yeah i mean it's um i i really enjoy the the surgery itself i think yeah the, the the kind of realities of of what this would actually be and you know that it's basically just about keeping him alive so that they can kill him at the appropriate time is a really interesting 
kind of um, discussion thing. It's it's not something that we've ever really talked about on the show before. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's really really fascinating to me. And um, I think if this had been in season one to four, it would have been even more fascinating. But um, I, I do appreciate the effort that they are trying to do something a bit different with this episode. Yeah, agree. We got Kimber at the uh, clinic about to, I guess, get rid of the baby. Can I just point out, you never hear the word abortion in this episode. Uh, it's always about getting rid of it or, you know, she went through with it. Like, I don't know if that's a censorship. It's a procedure. Yeah, procedure. Like, I, I'm going to assume that it's kind of comes down to censorship. Like, that's a word that they're not allowed to say, um, you know, it's because of the rating. Like, I just found that very interesting. You never hear the word abortion in any of these episodes. Um, can I just point out, the the rudest, bitchiest clerk I think I've ever seen on TV, <laughs> the fact that basically she won't let Kimber drive home, and Kimber's like, I've got no one, to which she responds, I'm sure you can find someone who can take 90 minutes out of their time to pick you up. It's like, fuck you. What if she doesn't? Like, are you going to drive yeah, home? Yeah. Uh, we see yeah. Kimber make a phone call and basically, you know, it's Kimber and, uh, we're going to ultimately see that that's Liz. Uh, I might just lump in the scene here too with, um, Matt doing weights and we meet Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Sorry. Um, and essentially he explains that Wesley didn't kill, uh, this young girl, that he shared a cell with someone else and, uh, he's basically making Matt I guess feel guilty. Like, why do you deserve to be let out? You know, this guy, innocent guy is about to be killed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you kind of expect there's going to be some sort of twist, uh, around this. I kind of always felt when I saw this first time, like, yeah, like something's not off. Something's not right here. So, you know, it's kind of lumping a lot of stuff on Matt, which kind of makes it interesting when he makes his decision ultimately about this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting plot twist. Something you feel that's going to happen, but I don't know if it has the same effect as we've had in, you know, previous episodes when something big like this is thrown at us. Yeah, I think it's incredibly convenient that this character we've never seen before kind of shows up and gives us information. I, it, it's a weird scene, and you know, I just, I just wonder if there was maybe a better way we could have shown this. I, I don't, I don't know if there is, but it just feels awfully convenient. It kind of reminds me a little bit of. Um, Shawshank Redemption, you know, where you mm. find out this information that, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Shawshank, and who in the world hasn't, but if you haven't, um, you know, where basically the, the, this new prisoner comes in halfway through the movie and, and he actually shared a cell with the, the guy who actually did kill the, the main character's wife. So, you know, like, but it's incredibly convenient, you know, that this guy happened to share a cell. And it's a bit the same with it. Like this one guy just happens to know Matt and know the story and kind of turn up with absolutely no introduction. And yes, yeah, so it's just a little bit disappointing. I just wish we had done it in a bit of a tidier way. And, yeah, I mean, any time you just get a complete stranger turn up and give us information, it's it's never going to be as impactful as if it comes from somebody that maybe we knew beforehand. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'd agree with all that. Um, it's a nice little scene, though, weirdly enough, between Liz and Kimber. The fact that Kimber's called Liz. And, you know, we had some randomness between them already in this show. And, like, you know, we kind of had them at the end of last season. Uh, you know, Kimber basically saying, like, let, let me marry him and everything along those lines, which, again, sort of, you know, read into the plot holes of this situation about Kimber questioning this all of a sudden when, when he was dying, you were willing to do this, but now you're questioning it. Um, but I, I do kind of like the fact that they bring up Liz's, uh, Liz's abortion, which, at one point there, I'm thinking there's like plot holes there when she's sort of saying about how she didn't want to do it by itself. And then obviously she does mention the fact that the baby probably was going to have Down syndrome. Um, and then through this, we have, um, the flashback sort of with Mike 
kind of going through with him proposing. Uh, and then it's sort of by Mike proposing to her that ultimately leads to Kimber realizing that she can't live without Christian. Um, and then we see, uh, Kimber getting called in and, um, yeah, cause Liz says, you know, in one year's time, Christian might want another baby. So, and that then leads us to seeing Kimber in bed. She's sick. Uh, Christian comes home and, um, there were complications and apparently now Kimber can't have babies because of this. And, uh, Christian obviously made to feel a bit guilty here by Liz because, uh, you know, Liz says if you ever leave her, think about what she had to give up just for you. So, I mean, I will say like it's, it's an interesting twist, but it does kind of, I feel there needs to be more around this. I feel like it just kind of suddenly thrown upon you like she's getting it done and oh, guess what? She can't have babies anymore. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting setup again for for everything that we've got that maybe doesn't quite get executed as well as it could, but I still think it's it's kind of interesting what we're seeing. Yeah, and I think it's um, a really good decision to kind of have Liz in this this scene with her. It's not something I maybe would have thought of, um, and I think it's really clever that you kind of get Liz delivering this information to Christian, um, and, you know, because she's one of the few that can kind of say these things to Christian and have that impact on him. Because you know, I think regardless of what's happened between them, Christian still feels a level of guilt towards Liz, and you know, so she's a really good person to deliver this information to Christian. So. Um, to me, I think this is almost something that we would consider in a top five. Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's one of those really good scenes that, um, you know, it doesn't have those main characters in it, but it's still, I, I just think it's, it's the whole thing's just really well done, I think. And I, I think maybe because it's unexpected, you don't expect these two characters to come together because they don't have a lot of history, a little bit, but not much. Um, and they just kind of, yeah, do a, do a really nice job with it. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way with, like, the top five. That's a good point. So I've marked that down. Um, that's, yeah, I can see it. Um, we get Matt uh, about to be released. Uh, he's been given a shirt and a tie. And is this a weird <laughs> thing that I've picked up, that Christian's wearing a tie? I can't remember Christian ever wearing a tie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, when, it's pretty unusual. Yeah, I just, this whole scene, I'm looking at it going, this looks weird that he's wearing a tie. Um, and Matt essentially sort of says, Hey, there's something you need to know about Wesley. And of course, we think he's going to be honest here and tell him what happens. And he just basically says, you should feel no remorse. You know, he said, if he ever gets out, he'll do it again. Uh, and then he apologizes to Sean. And, uh, this leads to the, uh, the execution scene here of Wesley, which is very well done. I mean, it's, I kind of am always interested in sort of these movies and TV shows when they show this because, I mean, it is such a moral issue that, you know, you, you're usually on one side or the other, but it's it's often rare for you to kind of see it all in practice. And just kind of little things here where you've obviously got to feel sorry for this guy who we now know is innocent. But just even like the treatment of this guy, you know, he's been not given his pain medication and he's, you know, here in absolute pain and agony because of the surgery and just, you know, the way he's been treated essentially here. It's, it's just, it's it's very confronting. And then I, I do kind of like the way that Sean sort of looks at the chart and goes, oh, I've never seen so much sodium pentothal administered before. And Christian's kind of like, well, that's kind of the point. Um, and then we get the phone call, which I, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was still the governor in 2009. <laughs> the, the, the governor of California does not give you clemency. Um, and basically it leads to him um, getting the lethal injection and he dies. And just kind of the way they, you know, you see his eyes open and just the way he breathes and you hear that flat lining. It's just, it's very effective. It's very powerful. And ultimately it leads to, uh, yeah, Matt being released 
And we end with this dinner scene, which uh, is a big throwback to kind of what we had in season one and season two with kind of this spinning motion around the table of them all sharing dinner, which I, I'm a fan of. I like this kind of like a nip-tuck, you know, trope that they do. And I, this is where I feel that I can see why they kind of wanted this to be the end of season six and kind of lead into something new. Because as much as, you know, we've complained here that there really isn't going on for the storyline, I think kind of next week does ramp up what we're getting towards the end of this show, finally. Um, so yeah, I think you can definitely see that this was an ultimate, and maybe we would think differently about kind of this season if we had a season seven instead of a season six entire, like this long that, you know, we would just shit down on season six and season seven, we might feel differently. So who knows? It's something we can maybe think of when we get to our recap of this season. Yeah, it's um, and I think I might have just picked up um, kind of watching the scene in the background that maybe Christian's wearing a tie because that's been expected of him to go and um, you know, witness the the execution. Maybe that's why he's wearing a tie. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but um, yeah, I think you're totally right. It's a, it's a really effective scene. Um, they do a, a really nice job with it, and I do like the kind of um, the interaction between. Um, kind of Wesley and Christian where they, they um, you know they, basically he says just tell me it's not going to hurt and you know we obviously saw that scene earlier where Christian says oh yeah it's going to hurt forever for you you know um, and now Christian's been turned around and he says you know it's not going to hurt at all you're just going to go to sleep and um, yeah I think it just that kind of change of, of character for Christian is, is really good um, I, I agree with you that it is really effective that you kind of just see that kind of last breath come out of him and uh, you know the kind of um you know the eyes kind of yeah just go go dark it's it's, it's really really good um it, it kind of hits, hits you in the feels a little bit i suppose you know and, and and that's good it's not often you'll get that on on season six nip tuck so <laughs> um I, I i do really appreciate that that scene i think it's um it's delivered really really well the acting's good i think just even some of the shots are really good that you kind of you know that you kind of watching it from above him and then it, it kind of you know pans out i think that's that's really well done so yeah it, it, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying Perfect. Well, I think we then get into our uh, our ratings. Can I, I just point out here, though, like I think you kind of did this a little bit at the end of the part one of season five. And again, I know this is not officially part one of season six, but I think if right now this was the end of season six and next week we're starting with season seven, we would both ultimately agree that this is by far at the bottom of Nip Tuck right now. I think there's no question about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, that, that's totally the case. You know, I think. Yeah. Well, I think I was probably a little bit, um, you know, more forgiving of the first part of it. You know, up until the point where Matt gets arrested. Um, you know, I can definitely see that there were problems during that point, and uh, and can totally see why you were binning episodes there where I wasn't. But um, you know, everything after that, I think, has has more or less been dreadful. You know, there's been a few kind of bright sparks in the in the dark but generally speaking it has been pretty pretty bad well i haven't bought anything this season and it's not going to change this week but i'm not binning and i'm going to rent this episode i think it's it's a solid enough episode and enough in it that you know it's, it's one of these ones where you do you, you remember the one with the execution i feel and it's kind of you know it's not going to be in your top 50 episodes that you remember but i still think it's kind of one that you do and yeah, I think there's enough in this one that it, it definitely doesn't belong in the bin basket. So uh, I am going to rent this one, and I will say that uh, as of right now, uh, this is 71st uh, on my overall list. So this actually, to me, is the second best uh, episode of Nip Tuck from Season 6 so far. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you. It's, it's a rent for me. There's there's some good stuff in there, and I I think I'm just a little bit frustrated by some of the the um, the balls that have been dropped by the the writing team because I actually think the acting here is potentially some of the best in the whole season. Um, and you know that storyline is actually really really good, a, a great scene. And again, I think we we actually shouldn't say it, but I think we could look at that the um, the whole scene that we've just watched as another potential kind of top five there. I think it is well delivered. So I think we've kind of picked out two to three really good scenes that we may be talking about again at the end of the season so it's definitely not a bin there's some good stuff in there but i am frustrated by some of the the stuff around it that just yeah makes it hard to get fully on board with it so it's a rent it's definitely not a bottom rent you know we we're starting to get closer to a buy but it's uh it's going to sit right there in the middle for me well, next week is going to be an interesting one because I kind of feel like it's going to be one of these ones that, we, you know, we could possibly be incredibly divided. It could be a, a Julia McNamara one. We could be both on the same page. I don't know because I did say, I think, when it came to season six that there was at least one episode that I actually enjoyed. And a large portion of my enjoyment about this episode is we get something that I feel should have been done a very long time ago and it surprised me that it took them this long to do it. It's essentially a flashback to how these two met and kind of what they got up to and how they did it. And essentially, it's all going to revolve around them getting an award, and we get to get them go back to Miami, which really doesn't do much for the setting. But uh, I, I like it. Dan Daly, we've got a very interesting titular character as well, and it's ultimately going to really set up um, what essentially is going to be the, the, the main storyline from this point on moving forward towards how this show is going to end. It's this pair getting such a fracture between these two is how are they going to come back together by the end of this series. So, yeah, I I will say that I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Daly. I actually do really like this episode. So something unusual for Ben in season six that he's mainly going to be talking positive things about next week. Yeah, I think there's some some stuff that really works in this episode. Um uh, you know, I, I, and I think that one of the things I actually really like is the actors they get for these these younger versions of themselves yes. actually kind of fit the even the Julia. You know, I think yeah. she's even quite good. So, um, yeah, it, it's good in unexpected places. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely um, a bit of a it feels like a breath of fresh air and 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 amongst some of the other rubbish stuff. But um, yeah, whether that makes it a a, a great episode that we're going to buy. Um, that's yet to be determined. But, yeah, it's um, definitely something a little bit different. Which is definitely something for people to, to keep a note on, because I think I did mention it uh, back in Season 2 uh, during the Rose and Raven Rosenberg episode or whatever that one was called, where they sort of mentioned about how they met and everything along those lines, is that it's actually strong continuity in the way we see them meet is basically what we were told in Season 2. And we should mention next week is written by Ryan Murphy. So I, I like how they've got him back to handle... To me, what is really a, a prominent episode when it comes to a show like this and dealing with, you know, a flashback meeting. So, lots to talk about next week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe and all the relevant channels, and please leave us some feedback. Let us know how you're feeling about Season 6 as we get to the end. Are you hating it as much as we are? Are, we, are you loving it? Are we, are we in the wrong here? Is there defences that we're not uh, happily saying that you feel we should be saying? Let us know. Uh, theoznetwork.net is our website and of course theoznetwork at hotmail.com you can email us if you want to do it that way but until next week my name is Ben and your breasts are swollen and, and your nipples are hard <laughs> and uh, my name's Nick and uh, besides we've seen people die before and how thank you for listening to the Oz Network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week 
For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.